Do you have a number of those who have died? From that time to now, we have over 1,000 Catholics. Catholics alone that have been killed. Over 1,000 Catholics have been killed. I mean, to most people, it would sound like a war zone, if not something worse. But yet you say, in the midst of all this, the church has grown in number? Yes. We at LifeSite are so very honored to have a life funder to support your work. So in the world today, we hear a lot about persecution of Christians, but nowhere is it more fierce than in Nigeria, where Boko Haram has just pillaged Catholics. We were involved with one priest in, in the area in Nigeria where his own parishioners are taken, usually once a week, kidnapped, and who knows what happens to them. Many of them die. But in the midst of that comes a growth in the church, not a shrinking or a falling away. No, no, no. There's a growth in the church. There's more than that, too. There's a bishop there in Nigeria who had a call from our Lord that in order for Boko Haram to be stopping this persecution, Catholics need to pray the rosary. We have that bishop with us today. We're so honored to have Bishop Oliver Dume. Please stay tuned for this episode. Bishop Dume, so good to be with you. I am happy to be with you too. I am Bishop Oliver Dume Daishi, the Bishop of the Catholic Diocese of Meduguri in Nigeria. The Catholic Diocese of Meduguri is situated in the northeastern part of our country, Nigeria. And as you've already said, the Boko Haram crisis started about 13, 14 years ago in the northeastern part of the country. And Meduguri city was declared the capital of the Boko Haram terrorist group. And so they started their operations in Meduguri city. And what is the Boko Haram all about? Is an Islamic sect that is against Western education. It stands in opposition to Western education. And so anything that has a link with Western education should be eliminated. And that is where Christianity also comes in as one of the areas of the focus to eliminate Christianity in the northeastern part of the country. And then, of course, by extension, the entire country. And so from 2009, when I started my that was when Boko Haram struck. Boko Haram started in July 2009, and I took over the diocese in August 2009. And therefore, my 13 years as a bishop has been in the midst of the crisis. They started by burning down churches. How many churches are we talking about when, when uh, they were burned them down? more than 200 Catholic churches in our diocese. Wow. More than 200, not including our minor seminary that was attacked and the structures in this minor seminary completely destroyed. Thanks be to God, they were not able to get the seminarians. Otherwise, they would have, they would have slaughtered, slaughtered them like chickens. And then our catechetical training center, where we trained catechists, those that helped the priests, especially in the rural areas. That school was attacked. And almost all the structures in the school were raised down by the Boko Haram members. Our schools, 
the mission schools or diocesan schools were not left untouched. They were also affected. Some of them partially destroyed, some completely destroyed. We have two hospitals. They were taken care of by the nuns, as the Reverend Sisters. Those two hospitals were completely raised down by the Boko Haram members. They also destroyed two convents where our Reverend Sisters were serving the people of God. In addition to this, in 2014, which was the climax of the attacks of this terrorist group, over 100,000 Catholics were displaced. In other words, Boko Haram took over almost the entire areas covered by diocese. And so people were running from one direction to the other. The security personnel were running in front of the Boko Haram members like chicken, I mean like uh, little children. And so they have free access to the areas where our people uh, have been staying. And so over 100,000 Catholics were displaced. Some of them ran to the Cameroons, even up to now, we still have our members. Some of them are in uh, Cameroon. Not all of them have come back. Majority have come back, but we still have you know, a lot of them there, over 1,000 Catholics. I'm not including other Christians. Now, it was that same year that you heard about the Chibok girls that were abducted. They were taken away. That school is situated in our diocese. Over, I mean, up to 279 of the uh, school girls were taken away. And up to now, uh, not less than 100 of them have not yet uh, come back. We have more than 100 that haven't come back, have not been found. In that same year too, you know, they, they were able to get some of our young men and recruited them into, into the army of uh, Boko Haram. We have forcefully recruited into the army of Boko Haram. We have over 25 priests who were serving God or the people of God in different parishes and institutions who also had to run away for their, their lives since Boko Haram took uh, or penetrated the areas where they were serving uh, the people of God. Then we have over 200 Katkis, over 200 Katkis, these ones that assist the priests in the work of evangelization, especially in rural areas and even urban areas. Over 200 of them were sacked including their family members, their wives and their children, that run away uh, from areas that Boko Haram already uh, or were advancing or had already penetrated. Do you have a number of those who have died? From that time to now, we have over 1,000 Catholics, Catholics alone, that have been killed. Over 1,000 Catholics have been killed. So if we include other Christians, the number is much higher. And of course, it is, it is good to note too that the Muslims have been affected too. Some of the Muslims have been killed. In fact, more of the Muslims have been killed in this crisis than, than even the Christians. And why is it so? Because the Boko Haram members felt that uh, they are not practicing the pure uh, religion of Islam. You know, they, they are not practicing it as it should be, according to their own uh, interpretation. Uh, because if they were practicing it, their children shouldn't go to school. 
Their daughters didn't go to school. Their sons didn't go to school. They should just be at home. The meanwhile, these people are sending their, their children to school, so they are not happy with that. And that's why the rain, you know, attacks also on the uh, on the Muslims. But of course, initially the target was uh, the Christians. And in terms of uh, family disruptions, many of the houses being owned by our our members have been destroyed too. Their family houses have been destroyed. Their shops and business centers have also, you know, most of them have been affected and particularly been destroyed by, you know, the sect uh, members. In the midst of all of this, which which sounds, I mean, to most people, it would sound like a war zone, if not something worse. But yet you say, in the midst of all this, the church has grown in number? Yes. Just a quick note before we return. If you would like to stay up to date on LifeSite's coverage of the latest life, family, and culture news, subscribe to one of our many newsletters by going to lifesitenews.com slash subscribe. And if you'd like to help us bring our truth-telling coverage to millions around the world, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation at give.lifesitenews.com. And now, back to the video. As St. Irenos says, that the blood of the matters is the seed of the gospel. That is what we have practically experienced and we're still experiencing in our diocese. Yes, it is true, a lot of disruptions have been done, but in terms of uh, lives and property, let me tell you, John Henry, that the church in the Catholic Diocese of Medjugorje now is stronger than the church in the Catholic Diocese of Medjugorje before Boko Haram crisis both in terms of the quality of the faith of the people and the quantity, you know, that is of the number of the people that have embraced uh, the faith. How is it so? We have two sources of our strength. The Eucharist has been the source of our strength. Of course, when we talk of the Eucharist, after the Mass, then adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. We introduced that right at the beginning of my, my ministry. Uh, that before Mass, every day, there is one hour adoration before the Blessed Sacrament. Then after the adoration, then the Mass is celebrated. And in addition to that, in the evening, in most parishes, there is benediction. People, you know, come for this uh, benediction, uh, being officiated or taken care of by the, led by the, the priests. But let me quickly add, that Amona Mary has also been with us. She has also been a very strong pillar in the life of the church in this diocese. She has been one of the sources of our strength. How is it so? It is so because right at the beginning of my ministry, I introduced various Marian devotions various Marian devotions. And then as we, we, we the, the time passed on, we came on increasing these devotions. I introduced the, first of all, the consecration of our diocese to the Immaculate of The consecration of the diocese to the Immaculate We started that in the minor seminary. And that is why people have also been saying that because that event was done in the minor seminary. Our mother Mary protected the minor seminarians. 
when after some time Boko Haram came to Nelson. And that's why no civilian was killed. She protected them. Since it was in that environment that her own you know, devotion uh, was carried out by the, her own children. That is the consecration of her diocese of Babylon. And since that time, every year, we make sure that is, the event is uh, renewed. And so uh, we reconsecrate the diocese to the Immaculate of Mary every year. And this has been going on for the past 12, 12 13 years. So it's not, it's not something that we started yesterday. Secondly, I, we introduced the diocesan celebration of the Feast of Assumption. The Feast of Assumption you know, was led to the women, that is before my advent. But when I came, I said, no, let us celebrate it at the, at the, at the diocesan level. And so uh, many years ago, too, we started that. And up to now, every year we do it. Now, because of the size of the diocese, because the diocese, our diocese is the largest in Nigeria in terms of landmass. It's the largest diocese. It covers two and a half states. So because of that, we reduce the movement of people by ensuring that the celebration is done at the general level. But here in Medjugorje, I will always uh, be the chief celebrant for the mass to celebrate. And of course, uh, in the, the rosary, the rosary and the rest. So uh, that has also been so, and it has come to stay among our people. In addition to this, we have what we call the rosary procession. Yes, our people have been praying the rosary, as, as, which is wonderful. But then I introduced this aspect of the rosary procession in the churches, uh, particularly on Sundays, before the mass uh, begins in a particular parish, the congregation being led by the priests uh, embarks on the rosary procession around the church. And uh, in the cathedral, it is also done. And then I, I encourage the families to pray the rosary, the rosary procession, uh, procession at the family level, in the bishop's house, that's in my house. Since that time, every evening, we engage in the rosary procession. Every evening, whether the bishop is around or not, that is done. So that is one of the Marian devotion. And what, what, what is the reason for that? We are doing that because of the history of that rosary procession. The rosary procession stopped communism in Brazil in 1964, when President Juan Donald wanted to introduce communism or to uh, plant communism in Brazil. Cardinal, uh, Cardinal Camara came out and invited the Catholic uh, faithful to come and march on the streets praying the rosary. And of course, those who are dealing involved in that, the women and the children. And that was done, you know, for some days. And that led to the exit of the president, you know, from that, his, uh, his position as the president of Brazil. He ran away. Uh, the rosary procession uh, sent the despotic uh, president of Philippine, General Marcos, even though a Catholic, but he was, he was very badly. And Cardinal Sin you know, of Manila invited the Catholic faithful to come out and embark on that rosary procession. The soldiers later on joined them, and of course that was the end of this. The rosary procession also saved uh, Austria from communism. 
Russia had a heavy presence there. Even the Allied forces had a heavy presence in Austria. But that priest that led or was given the inspiration to lead in the Russian procession did that and eventually, without any uh, bullet being shot, the Russians withdrew. And of course, the Allied forces also had left Austria. And so uh, it was attributed to the intervention so having uh, read that, I said, let us introduce this. And we started it. And it is working. It is already working because I will tell you the results of this, our various Marian devotions. Now, we also, what we call our the devotion of the, uh, the devotion to Our Lady of the Virtual Head. So uh, this devotion to Our Lady of the Virtual Head, 9th day novena, particularly when, when we have a major event, we make sure that we're back on that. We did it during our Marian year. One of the years uh, we declared the Marian year of our diocese. So it was one of the Marian activities we did. Then when we celebrated our golden jubilee of the establishment of our diocese about uh, five years ago, we also embarked on that. Now, this year, we had the ordination of my auxiliary mission. The only diocese in the northeastern part of the country that has an auxiliary. And that is another work of our mother Mary. Uh, I will we'll talk about that one later. So uh, uh, part of the preparation for the ordination was the, uh, that we embarked on this prayer of the novena to a lady of the journey. So that is also uh, done. Bishop Dume, we at LifeSite are so very honored to have a life funder to support your work uh, let me tell all of our viewers, please go to Life Funder and go to the, um, the Life Funder for Bishop Dume and uh, his diocese there in Madaguri. And let's support them because they're doing amazing, miraculous work. And let us join our rosaries to theirs, recognizing that the end of Boko Haram persecuting our fellow Catholics, our fellow Christians in Nigeria will come to an end with the prayer of the Most Holy Rosary. Any, any final words for us, Bishop Dume? Yes, I, I want to encourage our Catholic faithful in different parts of the world, beginning with Nigeria, that let us intensify our Marian devotions, our Marian devotions, particularly the Rosary. The Rosary has been wonderful. And you know, our request of uh, there are two major requests of our lady in uh, uh, Fatima the, 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 the consecration of the day of uh, Russia, the Immaculate Mary, and of course, with uh, uh, then the renewal of such uh, consecration that is the consecration of, uh, of uh, Russia to the Immaculate. And many popes were involved in that, but of course, we know Pope John Paul II was the one that. Uh, our lady used to crush communism in Russia. Now, this is already part of what we are doing here. Then secondly, the first five, five months, consecutive five months, you know, that devotion. I didn't know about that until of recent, you know, uh, when a lady from London who invited me for the Marian uh, program there was telling me, and uh, we have a professor here in Nigeria, who was also confirming what the lady said. And let me tell you, I've already introduced it in my, in my house, 
in my house with my household members. We've, we've already started, we have covered two months. And by the time we're through with the first five Saturdays of these five months, I will only introduce it in the diocese. I will introduce that in the diocese. And I'm sure with these two, we shall see wonders in our own diocese. Uh, the, the bit I wanted to add is that the fact that the remainders peace as a front of diocese, order many roads that we were not using before, we're now using those roads. We even would have security, you know. In fact, in Nigeria, currently, the battleground has shifted to other parts of Nigeria and not, not in some part of the country. We experience a lot of peace here. And by the grace of God, just as you have said, our mother Mary will completely crush Boko Haram. And the church will continue to bloom and flourish in this part of the, uh, the country and then even our country Nigeria as a whole. So I encourage Catholics and Christians all over the world. We have our different challenges. Here in Europe, you have secularism. That's the greatest challenge to the church here. Let us intensify the prayer of our rosary and then other Marian devotions. And for sure, our mother Mary will crush these various demons that we're experiencing in different parts. Amen. Can I ask you one last thing? Would you please impart upon us your apostolic blessing? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst men, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The Lord be with you, and may the Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, Bishop Dume. Thank you, John Henry. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the honor you have given me. May God bless you, and may God bless your work. And greet our people here, and I wish you happy Christmas celebration. God bless you. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this video. And to see more like this, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. So check out our links in the description to read more, sign up for our newsletter, and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all of the latest life, family, and culture news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.